Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your host, me, Damla. Hello, everyone. Sorry about that little gap we had. Um, your girl needed a break. <laughs> yeah, they don't tell you when you make a podcast. It's actually a little bit harder than you think it is. Just needed some time um, to just not do anything, to be really honest with you. And... But we're back. We're back. We have an episode today that is so fun, so chock a block. So you need to get a cup of tea, get your dinner, get your lunch, go on your hot girl walk because it's a bloody jam packed episode and it's so much fun. We got the wonderful Josh Carr on the episode from Who Knew Podcast, but more about that in a bit. First of all, first thing we're going to get done, we have emails. This week, we're not going to do three mails. We're going to do two mails because when I tell you this episode with Josh is long. And I don't mean long as in like, I made it sound like it's boring. No, it's it's long in the best way. It's jam-packed full of fun. And I don't want to make the episode too long. It's already coming up to about two hours. So I'm only going to do two emails this week. Plus the backlog is running out, guys. Get your emails in. You know, we're going to run out of emails soon. And uh, email corner, three mail corner will disappear if we don't get any more soon. So keep them coming in. But 
The first email I'm going to read out today is from Ava and they say this. I don't know what your guys' listening demographics are, so this, this might not be particularly extraordinary, but hello from America. That's really cool. Anyone who emails from anywhere, you're amazing. I found you guys on TikTok, like a lot of other people in these emails, and I wanted to thank you for putting out just enough episodes for me to put on constantly in the background while I worked on my final project these last few weeks. I've still got a couple episodes to go at the time of writing, but now I've got holiday shopping to do while listening. So Ava, uh, they sent this episode, this episode, this email around Christmas time. Again, the backlog, we apologise, but we're reading it and I'm excited. What well, I'm reading it, it's only me. Um, so thank you in advance for making my least favourite part of December much more bearable. Your takes are immaculate and there are some episodes coming up that I'm very excited to hear you guys talk about. It's really nice to hear queer people who are about my age discussing it because I had very similar experiences to you guys where Doctor Who and particularly Jack was my first real experience with queerness in media. Yes. And um, since I said that in the Parting of the Ways episode, which is a little while ago now, but um, people have also said the same thing. I'm actually just getting back into Doctor Who after taking a pretty long break from watching. I used to be super into it back when it was big on Tumblr. And you know, you know me, Damla. I know all about that because I've mentioned the Tumblr days a lot. You know what? Maybe one day um, I'll do an episode on the Tumblr days with Elliot. That'll be fun. I think I've watched the entire RTD era at least a dozen times in my life. In the US, the franchise was sort of forced out of general public consciousness during Capaldi's era because it was taken off of Netflix and BBC America isn't included in all cable packages. When I mentioned that, I had started watching it again to my mum. She told me she didn't even know that there were only Doctors past 10. That might be on her though, because I did watch Matt Smith episodes as a kid with her present in the room. I used to be able to go into my local mall and buy a sonic screwdriver or a mug or a t-shirt, but now the only place to get merchandise would be in a comic store. And speaking as someone who worked in a comic store for a few years, including when that Time Lord Victorious event started, you probably have to special orders anything you wanted to get unless the store owner liked the franchise demand is very low so we only ever had one guy who brought anything doctor who related and he was a hardcore doctor who collector so we just got one of everything and put it straight in in his box for him the door to the back office of that store is painted to look like the tardis though which made me very happy every time i had to go in there ironically the office was way larger than you would have expected for such a tiny store so the bigger on the inside joke always landed now that I'm thinking of it, that's probably why they painted it like that in the first place. The point of this email is getting away from me a bit, but I thought you might want the perspective of an American who is having an incredibly hard time getting their hand on anything Doctor Who related without paying a huge shipping fee. It feels like the series has been completely absent here for most 10 years now, save for the public spaces like games and comic shops. I'm worried about Disney putting so much money into Bad Wolf Productions in the sense that they may feel obligated to some sort of creative control but honestly the idea that doctor who will finally be extremely accessible in the u.s is like a dream come true and just for perspective on how little people know about it because of how inaccessible it's been i've started watching new who with one of my co-workers very recently they're only five years younger than me and the first time someone spoke while we were watching rose they said oh they're british and i asked for clarification if it was a joke or not they had literally never encountered doctor who in their entire life before they met me and didn't even know if it was british anyways your show is fucking amazing i'm so glad the algorithm showed me one of your videos it is exactly the kind of podcast i was hoping to find there's a very specific kind of love that comes with enjoying a show as a kid and then revisiting it as an adult with a critical eye and i think you guys showcase that perfectly every episode makes me laugh and i love your energy with each other there's never a dull moment Keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to literally every episode that you all put out. Ava Ray, they, them. You can both say my names. It's first two names like Sarah Jane, not first and last. So Ava Ray, cool. Amazing. And there's like a little anecdote at the end. 
a little PS. Thought you might find this funny because my friends and I certainly do. I know you've talked about ten and rose causing bisexual crisis, and I've met multiple people who had the same experience, but I had the exact opposite reaction. I realised that I was asexual because I was not attracted to David Tennant or Billy Piper. When logically, if there was one man and one woman on earth I would be attracted to, it would be them. That's simplifying the process of self-discovery quite a bit, obviously. But Doctor Who was a cornerstone for me on that front. David Tennant also made me realise I was non-binary because I thought I had a crush on him since I was so obsessed with his appearance. And then after a while, I realised I just desperately wanted to look like him. To be honest, I still do. And that was all just 100% gender envy. Oh my God, Ava Ray, Thank you so much for seeing I love hearing about you guys. I know Elliot does too. We both love hearing about everyone's like personal experience with Doctor Who and how it's, especially like in other countries. Like, cause we, we know in the UK it's a massive deal and like we, you know, we, it's always been in the public consciousness. It's always been in the zeitgeist. But like, the thing is, with the thing that stood out to me was about like the merch and stuff because I'll be honest with you, right? So if any of you are nerds in the UK, you know about the Shop Forbidden Planet. And I think they have it in the US as well, but like, I'm not sure. But anyway, the Forbidden Planet, especially the one in London, I remember when uh, Forbidden Planet was like a big deal. Literally, I remember the whole Doctor Who section was like jam-packed with tons of stuff, like figures, merch, everything. And over the years, as the show, because let's be honest, the show hasn't been as popular in the last few years. It's gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. And literally now it's at the back of the shop, like where literally I remember they used to put like no offense, but that's where like if you if that stuff is where the Doc Two merch is now, like right at the back of the shop, it means it's irrelevant. Literally, the Doc Two section is one section. Like it's literally just a tiny, like tiny section, and they have like really old merch and like n- nothing that new there. And it's really sad to be honest. Um but I'm hoping RTD is going to bring the about the Doctor Who Renaissance. So I'm hoping we'll get more merch and it'll be and you know again the whole disney plus thing is a whole conversation that can be had and we've me and elliot have touched on it before but the main thing i'm really happy about is that the show is going to be more accessible to tons of people and that's wonderful i can't say much more than that but yeah anyway ava ray thank you for your wonderful wonderful email this next email is from charlotte and it goes as follows. Hi, Elliot and Damla. Hope you're both okay. Just thought I'd let you know that I'm absolutely loving the podcast. I love the way you both randomly use Doctor Who quotes in a conversation. I feel like I do that sometimes, but my friends don't like Doctor Who, so no one understands them. That's fucking so annoying. And do you know what? We're your friends, so it's okay. We love you, Charlotte. I'm one of those people that can't look at TV shows through a critical lens, i.e. I might know if I didn't like an episode, but I never know why. More often than not, I'm oblivious to the weaker areas in episodes, so you guys bring such a fresh perspective to a show I've watched since I was six. Last thing I promise... Right. Listen. Never never say sorry for your emails, guys. We love it. Damla, I was at the Old Court exhibition that you talk about. I wish I remembered more of it, but I feel like there was a huge Levine there, question mark. Sorry for such a long email. Keep up the amazing work. Love, Charlotte. Again, don't apologise, Charlotte. We love it. We love it. Yes, there was a huge Levine there. I actually had a photo with it. Guys, I'm telling you, if I can find these old photos, they're somewhere in my loft, I think. If I can find these photos of me at the Doctor Who exhibition that was at Earl's Court in like 2008 or something like that, I will post them on the gram. And again, go and follow us on the gram. Come on now. Um, but you yeah, know, there was definitely a huge Levine there and I took like this weird pose with it. Um, something I'll say... Um, when you say you can't look at TV shows through a critical lens I think there's this massive conversation that happens online and it's really annoying where people are like okay but objectively this is bad or you know um, but can you not see how obviously 
bad it is because of the cinematography or the writing or whatever. Sometimes people just like vibes. Okay, sometimes people just like to go on vibes and we don't always have to critically analyse things. It's actually really, really exhausting. Sometimes I just want to watch an episode of something and in, and take it in for what it is. Like, this is a really silly example, but like there was this new show on Netflix called Obsession and Richard Armitage was in it. And uh, because I fancied him since I was like six, I was like, I'm watching this. It was absolute dog shit, but you know what? The vibes were there and it, it, it served the vibes. So... <laughs> And I don't have to critically analyse it because there's no point. Um, because it's I don't think it's made for that. But also we don't have to. Do you know what I mean? So anyway, moving on. Thank you, Charlotte, for this lovely email. And I and I really hope you find a friend who, where you can like quote Doctor Who to each other because it's really fun. But like I said, we are friends, so that's all right. Before we get into the episode with Josh, though, I just want to say in the last episode with Who La La, I completely forgot. You know, guys, it's been a hectic time. I completely forgot to do the normal outro. And I forgot to most importantly thank the Patreon. So I'm going to do it now before we even get to the episode. I want it in there now because it's completely fucking inexcusable, to be honest. I feel so awful about it. The episode had already gone out. I couldn't replace it. It was just a whole thing. I only, I realised it was too late. So I'm going to shout you guys out now. Our lovely, wonderful Patreons. If you want to follow us on Patreon, link in the show notes. Um, if you want to donate, you don't have to. But we only have one tier. It's the companion tier. Um, there's no content behind a paywall. It's literally just you get your names mentioned in an episode. And that's why I'm absolutely disgusted at myself for not saying it in the last episode. So I'm really sorry, guys, but I'm going to do it right now in this episode so that doesn't happen again. Because all of you mean a fucking lot to me and Elliot. So thank you to Jack Wilson, David Cummings, Abby Potts, Rebecca Johnson-Smith, Jason, Bulldozer7113, River, Transgirl Aubrey, Lewis is your Patreon, Ailing McGlinchey and Kashmir Poggers. I'm going to say right now, if I've said your name wrong, I am so sorry, but um, we love you all so much. Like, I can't actually express how much we love and appreciate you. Um, It means the world. But yeah, if you want to support us on Patreon, go ahead. It's in the show notes. If you want to just support us anyway, you're doing it right now. You're listening. And that's enough. That is more than enough. Also, if you'd like to hear more about us, you know, follow us on the gram link in the show notes follow us on tiktok it again link in the show notes we just reached four thousand followers amazing show stopping you're all bloody brilliant um but yeah that's all the fun links and bits and bobs probably didn't mention like 500 other things but anyway it's time to get into the episode with josh it's a fun one guys Hello, guys, girlies, gays, bays, variations thereupon. It's, we're with a legend today, yeah? It's actually mad. It's actually crazy. It's actually happening. We have Josh Carr from Who Knew. How the hell are you? How are you? Oh, what an intro. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm bloody lovely. Thank you. I've never said that in my life. Wonderful. Bloody lovely. Why did I go all posh? It's because I'm nervous. 
It's because I'm nervous. But, <laughs> no, I'm um, I'm I'm brilliant. I'm very very happy to be here because I'm a big fan of the show, and I oh wow man can't wait. It's we've just been spending about half an hour gushing over each other. So like we're both just like I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Bowing down. Oh my god. Pretty much. So much that's, love. So much love. That's been that's been the past half an hour, pretty much. And me trying to catch my cat. It's been great. As well. <laughs> yes. Cats are bloody bastards. We love them, though. We love them. So today, we're doing a silly, goofy little moment, as always. We're talking about Doctor Who storylines, moments, things that could have happened. Ooh. Ooh. What could have been? Yeah. I'm excited for this because this is one of my favourite topics of like <laughs> niche Doctor Who fact is like, did you know that yeah. this nearly happened? So yeah, it's like exploring <laughs> a parallel world of what Doctor Who could yeah. have been. Yeah. I- I'm just, because we were talking, because I obviously reached out to Josh, because again, big fan, big fan. And I was like, right, come on, Cap. Come on, come over here. Let's do an episode. But here's the gag, because I'm shit. I don't know what to talk about. What should we talk about? And you said that, and I was like, it's, it's going to be chaos in the best sense. Well, it was it was written in the stars, because as you messaged me, I was, I'd was i found a website which I'd been hoping had existed for years and hadn't been able to find oh my God. that had collected all of these kinds of things into one big list and organised yeah. it by Doctor. So, oh, my God. I was scrolling through this list and then like 20 minutes later you messaged me and I was like, well, now I can use the list. So uh, shout out to tvtropes.com, I think it is. Oh, uh, tvtropes.com. Yeah, they've got some mad shit on there. But uh, yeah, this this there's a big list. There's loads of Doctor Who stuff on there and loads of weird niche Doctor Who facts. But I have collected some of the the best... Um, from the what could have been section, so oh, I love it. What what I've I've delved into is episodes that were were nearly made that didn't okay. that didn't actually get made, and just getting a few little tidbits about that. Uh, so yeah, I've also no- noticed that my notes are bookended by problematic people. So we'll get to the second right. problematic person right at the very end of the podcast. So look forward, yeah, 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 look yeah, forward yeah. to that. Two problematic people, actually, at the end of the podcast. But we're starting off with problematic Can't person wait. number one. The name on everybody's lips, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> so, Oh, God. Uh, apologies, everyone. Um, uh, yeah, disclaimer. Disclaimer. We fucking hate her. Uh, yeah, and same. we don't promote... Anything that she says, because she's an absolute fucking nightmare. My God. Very true. So this yeah. is this is probably one of the biggest dodged bullets. Two of the biggest dodge bullets yes. in the history of Doctor Who. Uh-huh. The first one being, J.K. Rowling was approached to write an episode for series one of the revival of Doctor <gasps> Who. Um, but she was too busy writing Harry Potter. So she turned it down. Thank God. Thank, thank fucking God. My thank goodness Thank fuck me. for that. There's strike one. Yeah, strike one. See ya. Bye. Farewell. And then later in the 10th Doctor's mm-hmm. run, J.K. Rowling was offered to star in an episode of Doctor 
god. Oh god. Oh god. Now, Can you imagine? Yeah. So this was going to be a Christmas special. Uh, I think it was going to be the Christmas special as part of Tenant's run of like last specials. Oh yeah, yeah, the special like, yeah, yeah, leading yeah, yeah, up yeah. to the regeneration. So Russell T Davies wants and also disclaimer this was in like 2009. So this isn't Russell yeah. T Davies now saying this. Yeah, of course. We obviously know that Russell T Davies does not back whatever JK Rowling is backing right now. Of course. I just wanted to add that in there. <laughs> King Russell. Um <laughs> So Davies wanted Rowling to star in an episode in which she fell into the Harry Potter universe thanks to a minion of the trickster. I've started with a big one. Oh, wow. It's a weird one, isn't it? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was going to be oh, wow. like the Doctor and J.K. Rowling in the Harry Potter universe, but it's an episode of Doctor Who. And they they said the idea of it was... Because they'd had Charles Dickens and Shakespeare, they wanted a modern classic author. Uh, yeah. I just did quote marks. I keep remembering that this isn't yeah. a video, but <laughs> quote marks. Um, <laughs> classic author, uh, yeah. ironically. Uh. And uh, yes, that nearly happened. The reason it didn't happen is because yeah. David Tennant convinced Russell T. Davies not to. Uh, a king. He did not think a it king. was a very good idea. So, oh my days! There you go. So, what what are your thoughts on that one? But my thoughts are these. My thoughts are these. The trickster is a queer icon, and being a queer icon and being an icon in general, we we, we don't take this lightly. Like, we need to make sure that the story is worth having the trickster in because it's a very big. Thing. So it's a minion of the trickster, and it's not the trickster, but like it wasn't gonna, involved, yeah, yeah. It's very specific. Do you know what I mean? Like, and having, yeah, we, no, just no. It's just a big fat no for me. It's a big fat no. It's giving shit. Do you know? It's giving terrible. Like, yeah, just no. It's not the one. It's is giving. It? It's really shit. not <laughs> the one. I mean, even it's not. Even if you take out the context of J.K. Rowling now. I still think it's not a very good idea. <laughs> no, exactly. It's like, you know, you've got Agatha Christie, right? You've got the, you know, the episode of Agatha Christie. It worked because of the mystery behind her character. With Shakespeare, it worked because of the, again, the mystery. Is there was, There's a, you know, when you've got these specific authors in, like Charles Dickens, Shakespeare, Agatha Christie, there's a mystery to them because, mm -hmm. of, you know, the way they died or you know, just their legacy in general. And it's like with a modern author, there isn't that mm -hmm. yet. But we we're too close to it. We're not far removed enough from it. Yeah. So I feel like that in general wouldn't work either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like also I'm I'm wondering how on screen, how do you depict them in the Harry Potter universe? Because you also have to bear in mind, this would have been two thousand and nine. So slap bang in the middle of the Harry Potter films coming out. So are you aiming to get the rights with Warner Brothers to have all of these characters in Doctor Who? My God. Are you going to have the same actors? Are you going to change the names yeah. of the characters? Yeah. Is is she going to be playing a fictionalized version of J.K. Rowling? What? How does it work logistically? It's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. It's just not it. It's not it. And it's like you know, as a side note, I I mean, we need Daniel Radcliffe in the Doctor Who episode. Just mm -hmm. side note. Oh, that needs definitely. To happen. Yeah, I think he'd be a great villain. He'd be a great one-off villain. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Proper mustache like... twirling. Give him yeah. give him a lot to do. Give him scenery to chew. I think he'd he'd be really, really good in it. I yeah, no, we need that to happen. So Russell, if you're listening, because obviously you are, hello. Make it happen. Hi Russ. Um, <laughs> hi hi Russ, you're right, babe. Um <laughs> You've got Jinx Monsoon. Let's get another fucking icon in there. Come on. <laughs> I love that news, by the way. I love that Jinx is Oh, I'm so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not... I wouldn't say that I'm deep in the in the world of drag. And I, I've never really seen Drag Race. But I watched, like, a highlights reel... Oh, my God. Yeah. ...of Jinx Monsoon. I think when she came back onto the All-Stars one, and I watched yes. the highlights yes, yes, reel, yes, yes, yes. and I was crying with laughter... Um, she's hilarious if you haven't seen her doing is it yeah if you haven't seen her doing judy garland oh my god i was she's a yeah crying. She, she does a great I impression was of crying judy. with laughter but yeah i'm very excited we need we need daniel daniel radcliffe on there but yeah so i would say that's a big fat no from me absolutely not throw it into the fucking sun maybe we need like a ranking system like a hot or not hot or not yeah yeah not very much not for very much not okay so yeah should we swiftly move on from transphobes yes let's let's do that yeah turfs and all their shit so let's move a little bit later into series one this one intrigued me actually because i didn't know this the long game was originally written by russ t davies back in the early 80s Okay. A version of it was written in the early 80s. And as a young writer, he actually submitted it to the Doctor Who production office in 1987, hoping that it would become a seventh Doctor episode. So we we could have had the long game with seven and ace. Sylvester McCoy and ace. And it would have been better. It, it would have been would. better. Yeah, it probably would. He said... Uh, whether it was it was read by the production team at the time is unclear, but he did receive a rejection letter from the script unit who advised him to write more realistic television about a man and his mortgage and his marriage and his dog. So I actually thought that was quite interesting based on the fact that Russell T. Davies' Doctor Who, when it came back, had a lot more of that in it and a lot more of real-life kind of writing and he did sort of go away and cut his teeth on sort of dramas and things like that um, before coming back to Doctor Who. So it intrigued me. Yeah. I, I wonder whether the advice guided him a little bit. But yeah, he, he basically reworked it when he took over Doctor Who and the long game was reborn for series one. Uh, like I say, I think it would have been better with seven and ace and the thing is i mean i don't know about you i mean on on the pod elliot and i we did we don't we're not a fan of that episode so i genuinely think it probably would have been a bit better but i think in the long run it was good for russell in the long game if you will in the long game Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) long 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 game this is great banter um so i mean seven and ace in the long game is going hot Rather than not? Absolutely. Hot. Oh my God, absolutely. I'm saying hot. Anything, if you put seven and ace in anything, it improves by yeah. at least 40%, I would say. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Love oh it. my God. Love it. I have a feeling that the, ne- the next one's going in not. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, this is a not from me. I'll, I'll okay, okay. that, first of all. It's an interesting idea. <laughs> It's just yeah. a bit weird, especially okay, for series enough. one. So 
Boomtown was sort of a late replacement story for a story that was called The New Team by Paul Abbott, who was the creator of Shameless, uh, yeah. which I've not seen. No, never have I. So, and Paul Abbott has never written for Doctor Who since, as far as I'm aware. I don't know if he's done any extended okay. media stuff, but yeah. I'm not sure. So The New Team, stop me if this sounds familiar, which would have se- which would have been set in Pompeii in 79 AD. More importantly, it would have revealed that Rose, uh, with the details on this are a bit hazy, uh-huh. it's either created, she was created, or her timeline was manipulated by the Doctor in order for the Doctor to create the perfect companion. Girl, what? Yeah. So I think the idea of what it was... I, I mean, I don't really know what it looks like. I don't think anyone knows what it looks like other than Paul Abbott and the people who read the the idea. But yeah, it was it was sort of going to be like a dark twist in that the Doctor planned this all along and Rose was made by the Doctor to be the perfect specimen right. of a Doctor Who companion, which I think is weird and makes the Doctor a lot darker than you need to make them <laughs> so yeah it's funny because it's like they went with actually what happened they went completely in the opposite direction because she made herself you know with bad wolf she made mm. herself she creates herself so that's yeah. that's kind of funny yeah uh, no girly no 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 no, no. Ex- no, no i'm the same that. i mean it takes it adds too much darkness i think there was going to be a lot of conflict I think I read this somewhere. I can't remember where I read it. Yeah. Um, or I made it up. So one of the two. Sources, trust me, bro. Um, <laughs> but I think there was plans for it to be like a conflict between the Doctor and Jack and Jack being very much against the idea. And I don't really know. I don't really know where Pompeii factored into it. I mean, I, I name drop, which I hate. I hate myself for, so I'm really sorry. I love it. I love it. my podcast, Who Knew? A Doctor Who podcast available now wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube for full video versions. Um, I spoke spoke to James Moran, who wrote The Fires of Pompeii. Uh So he he mentioned in the podcast that the idea for a Pompeii episode was floating about since Series 1 and Russell had wanted to do Mm. it. He didn't really have a plan for it. He just knew that he wanted yeah. Pompeii, but the budget wasn't there. So I think it was basically a combination between budget for the Pompeii stuff not being able, not being there, and also Rusty Davies didn't like the fact that the Doctor was being a master manipulator and creating Rose, which is a weird twist. So. I think that's why it didn't get made. I think also Chris Eccleston would have been like, I mean, I'm already going through it a fucking tough time here, but that's just a cherry on top of the cake. Nope. Nope. No. <laughs> you, you know, it means no. <laughs> I've just become beloved children's hero, Doctor Who, and now you're going to make me some weird man who's grown a woman. Um, I, yeah, not a fan of it. Not a fan. It's a not from me. It's a not. It's going in the not pile. Absolutely. No, it's... It's very much a not, I'm going to say. Very much so. Very much. And then, obviously, that, that sort of brings wraps up Series 1. 
but there uh-huh. were plans. I mean, this this is this is quite a vague one, but if Christopher Eccleston had decided to stay on beyond series one, plans for series yeah. two with the Ninth Doctor would have included a story dealing with Captain Jack's missing memories. Uh, and these were Ooh. these were scrapped after Christopher Eccleston's departure, as the creative team decided to write off Jack, as they felt that David Tennant needed room to establish himself without another more established male character around. Hmm. Okay. So I feel very conflicted about this because obviously we've got Torchwood. I love Torchwood. I mean, I don't know about you, Josh. Are you a fan of Torchwood? I am. I mean, uh, the the first. First series is a bit hit and miss. Series two yeah. is stronger, but still not yeah. not perfect. Series, I mean, Children of Earth is probably one of the greatest things that's ever been created in the Doctor Who universe. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Fucking incredible. And I can't yeah. really remember much about Miracle Day, to be honest. Uh, I, I need I mean, to watch it again. We I don't think talk I've, about Miracle Day. Uh, we don't? like. To... No, we don't. <laughs> okay. I think I watched it once when it first went out, and I was like... Same. 14, Same. so I don't really remember a lot from it. So. No. But I bring it up, because obviously in Torchwood, we get a lot of Jack's b- backstory. Yeah, um, so I, I and... do suppose it, it sort of has to be a hot, because we got it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, if anything, it's a it, it's both, because we, we got it, so it's not really a lost story. Agreed. Agreed. I think so. I think that, it, that yeah, because... We got it, and it's interesting. Even if the guy who plays Jack's brother mm-hmm. is shit, we got it. So, yeah. <laughs> and if that is what sort of sparked the idea for Torchwood, mm, mm. maybe if Christopher Eccleston stayed, we wouldn't have had Torchwood, which would make the world a very bleak and less gayer place. Yeah, so, yeah. Maybe, let's think about that. maybe it would have all been crammed into one episode in series two. Oh god! See, yeah. you you say that, but it would mean more Christopher Eccleston as the Doctor, and this is oh, our bestie Chris. Our bestie, yeah. I'm still gonna say it, it's it's a hot, it, it's hot. It is the very hot. I think yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I'm I'm torn. I'm torn. We like it, but we're conflicted. <laughs> yes. Next one is yeah a writer. I mean, actually, there's one from series one that's not on my list, and it wasn't on the list that I read, um, which is very uh-huh. much a hot from me. The fact that we nearly got Edgar Wright directing Rose. <gasps> yes, I know. Oh, Why my didn't gosh. that happen? I love Edgar Wright. Why didn't that happen, eh? Look, I mean, Edgar recently, I don't know if, Josh, I don't know if you saw on Edgar Wright's Instagram, mm-hmm. he was like, almost like, it looked like he was teasing that he was going to direct one of the episodes for the 60th. I do remember I don't this. know if you saw. I did see this because I lost my mind about it. I clowned out. Yeah. I clowned out big time because I was like, it's happening. And it didn't. It's very much not a sleigh on Doctor Who's part that they haven't got him on yet. I'm sure it's going to happen. I'm absolutely positive it's going to happen. Well, I mean, even even if it does, we've got a long wait because if we now, I'm pretty sure we now know the directors all the way up until the end of series 14 now. So he's he's not in there. Oh, God. I mean, unless he writes oh, an episode. Dear. Maybe, maybe. But if you're getting him to write, you get him to direct it as well. Get him to do the double deal. Yeah. Surely, surely. You've got to. I mean, I mean, look, Edgar Wright. We've got 
the, the films that he's brought out and yes last night in soho is his best film and i won't be taking questions at this time oh nice um, <laughs> nice choice i i can never i can never I pick film. i can never pick a favorite well i bloody did controversial and you know what we love that we love a bit I mean, of controversy what i will do if if i'm being controversial is that yeah uh, the world's end gets an incredibly unfair rap and it is yeah. on par with the other two in the Cornetto trilogy they are it is a perfect trilogy because they are all 10 out of 10s so but no we need yeah no hot very hot very hot very piping piping hot it's I, I'm, I'm burning ow, ow 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 stop ow it's that good speaking I don't have a segue sorry um I, <laughs> I thought I had one but I oh speaking uh, of hot I was just like I'm burning ow ow I made it pretty hard for you so I'm sorry I've got one do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what's hot? I'll tell you what's hot: frying pans, right? Or Stephen frying pans, or Stephen uh, Fry? Because yes. the next one's about Stephen Fry. <laughs> oh, Stephen! That was a terrible link. I'm very sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, Stephen Fry was meant to write oh, a tenth it. Doctor story. It was gonna. Hmm. It was gonna be set in the roaring in the roaring twenties, and unfortunately, uh-huh. it was it was pushed back to series three due to budgetary um, issues with series two. So very much like the last one with Pompeii, right. um, it was pushed out due to budgetary reasons, and then. Because it was moved to series three, Stephen Fry did not have any time to rewrite it to include it to have Martha instead of Rose, so it was scrapped altogether, which was a shame. It sounds like because obviously Stephen Fry is an author and he's you know great at writing, but I think the fact that they prioritise the need for the like the 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 integrity of the story is great because you need to make sure you're writing Martha, not Rose. You can't just like stick Martha's name on it and go, okay, do these lines. Exactly. You know what I mean? One thing that I think will sway your opinion on it uh-huh. is the episode that was brought in its place oh God. Okay. into series two, Okay. which was Fear Her. <gasps> I mean, listen, <laughs> we don't hate, uh, Elliot and I on the pod, we didn't hate it. We didn't love it. So, but then again, it's like following love and monsters. What can beat love and monsters? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like it's it's like it's like going from solid gold. Yes. To it's there, it's fine. But would I rather have seen a story set in the Roaring Twenties, written by Stephen Fry? Probably. Yeah. Hot. 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 Hot for me. Hot for me. Hot to trot. It, yeah. This next one might be actually next two. <laughs> the next two. Yeah. Might be the hottest for me. Oh my god. Okay, okay. The f- the first one. A companion light episode called Century House. Yeah. Was written by Tom McRae. So Tom McRae's the guy who wrote Ooh. um the Cyberman two parter. Yes. In yes. series two. And also wrote yeah. The Girl Who Waited in Series 6. Oh, my God. So oh my he's God. one of my favourite Doctor Who writers. I love Tom McRae. And we need more Tom McRae. He's great. So I'm sad this doesn't exist. We do. 
But yeah, it was called Century House. It was going to be for series three. So Doctor and Martha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, yeah. this is such a good idea. This is such a good idea for a Doctor episode. Yeah. The Doctor was going to appear on a live broadcast of Most Haunted. <gasps> investi- oh my God. Investigating what? a haunted house that was haunted by someone called the Red Widow. And Martha was going to be watching it on telly at home. So the framing <gasps> device of the episode is Martha watching an episode of Most Haunted in her flat, but the Doctor's in it. Oh my! Let me just what? let me just take it up a step. The episode go on, go on, go on, the episode go on, go on. didn't fit into the production schedule for series three, so it's pushed back to series four, which meant that it was Donna oh and Sylvia <gasps> and possibly Wilf. Oh my god. Sat at home oh watching Most Haunted and the Doctor's in it. Right, so we've we've got we've got a double whammy here. We've got a companion light episode, which we love, and then we've got Most Haunted. I mean, listen, it's it's perfection, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty perfect, if you ask me. It is. I'm really annoyed it, really it hasn't happened. Well, I, I this has surprised me actually. Apparently, Russell T. Davies said that. Um, well, he hasn't said anything publicly, but. The the reason is apparently <laughs> that he was dissatisfied with the premise. How can you be dissatisfied oh. with that premise? And he also Russell. wanted to avoid two comedic episodes in the same series. So he wanted, I think this was going to be a very comedy heavy episode. Right. And I think he wanted to sort of avoid it. But in its place, we got Midnight. So I'm not complaining too much. Yeah, no, I'm not going to complain too much because Midnight is that bitch. Um, we got some good shit from it, you know. Exactly. But no, that's very, very hot. Very, very hot. Very hot. Oh, my God. And I also just want to shout out, because I haven't listened to yeah. this yet, but I do want to. You can listen to Century House because <gasps> uh, the uh, Vocalab Productions, who are a fan audio production company um i've seen some of their stuff i've heard clips of their stuff and it's great they've yeah created a version of century house as a full audio drama featuring elliot crossley who's a really 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 good 10th doctor impersonator so oh my god wait it's really really good live research could be conducted right now hold on oh my god i love the artwork it's good isn't it what the heck Oh, I know who does the artwork. It's Caroline Tankersley, who is going to be coming on my podcast, Who Do a Doctor Who podcast, <gasps> in the next couple of weeks. So if you want to hear Caroline... Announcements! Yeah, there live, you go. Live announcements. There you go. So That's amazing. Wow. It's a, gr- it's a wow. great idea. Wow. But uh, yeah, I, 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 love, I love when uh, fan productions sort of plug the gaps with missing stuff. And I can only hope... That someone does the same for this next one because this is a <gasps> this is a great idea. Go on, go on, go on. Intended to be written by Peter Harness, who Peter mm-hmm. Harness did the Zygon two parter, and I can't remember what else. And I'm currently googling "Kill the Moon" and the Pyramid at the End of the World. So, uh, no comment. <laughs> no comment. Um, Zygon two part. No Zygon two part is good. Oh no, no, that's great. We but... fans, we mm. fans. Yeah, I am. No, we are, we are. But k- kill the moon. Yeah, less said about that, the better. <laughs> Peter Harness was originally intended to write how the monk got his habit. 
Oh my god, okay. Which would have seen the return of the meddling monk um, from right. all the way back in the first Doctor era. So the meddling monk is a very, very fun and silly character from the first Doctor era. The meddling monk is the first other Time Lord that we meet, basically. <gasps> okay. Um, and he's just a silly little bloke who's a who's who just causes a bit of mayhem. He's not really evil. He just likes messing with history, so he just travels around in his TARDIS, and yeah, he just fucks about with shit. That's the vibe of the meddling monk, and he's he's played by Rufus Hound at Big Finish, mm. and he's a very funny character, a very fun character. But yeah, sounds really up my street. So the intent was for it to be how the monk got his habit. So it was going to be sort of like an origin story for the for the meddling monk. And it would, okay. I mean, again, forgive me if you've heard this before, it would revolve around an encounter with Rasputin. So oh my God. a lot of this stuff actually ended up getting used in The Power of the Doctor. Oh my God. But my favourite part about it is mm. the casting idea for the meddling monk <laughs> was going to be Matt Berry, which is Stop. the best casting for the meddling monk I could ever hope for. He is, oh my he God. perfectly encapsulates what the meddling monk would be about. And just the line reads alone would be, oh my God, would be incredible. I'm just hearing in my head when Matt Berry says, Motion picture. That's all I'm hearing right <laughs> all now. All I'm hearing is, you really are the most devious bastard in <laughs> Gallifrey. Oh my God, that's, honestly. That's, he's my pal. He's my he's my rotten soldier. He's my, he's my good time boy. Um, <laughs> Sweet cheese. Yeah, no, literally. Yes, hot. hot, hot, hot yeah, hot, I mean, hot. It, I think it actually got quite far along because Peter Harness has actually posted the first page of the script on Twitter before. Oh, okay, I think okay. it's he posted it during lockdown. So you can find that somewhere. Oh wow, but okay. Yeah, this this didn't didn't get too far, but it was gonna be a twelfth doctor story, so it was gonna be Peter Capaldi and Matt Berry. Oh wow being silly little really time. No, I love that. I'm so in hot. That would be it's so iconic. Oh wow. Oh wow. But just get Matt love just it. get Matt Berry and Doctor Who now, please. That's my takeaway. What what are you doing, BBC? Come on. And that's pretty much it. I mean, that, there's not much. I haven't got much for the Chibnall era because not a lot's come out. I mean, I think it's well known that Flux is the product of a lot of changes and that, yeah, you know, the last series was originally meant to be sort of a, a normal standard series, but COVID affected it. So, um, yeah, I know, shame, we, which is a shame. We were meant to get another story from Pete McTeague. We were meant to get another mm-hmm. story from Ed Heim. Uh, oh, right, okay. I don't know if we were going to get something else from Joy Wilkinson. I don't know if I've made that up. Again, sources trust me, bro. But um, And also, let, there was going to be a pirate story, which eventually turned into Legend of the Sea Devils. So that was going to be part of Series 13, should it yeah. have been a normal series. Yeah... Oh dear God! And and war. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered that episode. <laughs> just having a moment. Oh Lord! Sorry. Oh Lord, indeed. Oh um, my God! And yeah. War of the Santarans and Village of the Angels, I think, are sort of leftovers from the original plans. I think they were episodes that were rewritten to be 
slotted into Flux, but they were originally meant to be standalone right. episodes. So a longer series 13 would would be hot for me because yes, I would agreed. have wanted more and I, I would have wanted them to have a bit more time. But I mean, not having a global pandemic that kills loads of people also would have been hot. Yeah. Not having that. Would have been so hot. hot. So, you know, it's no one's fault. I need, I need more. Okay, because thing is, obviously, like with Jodie, that like, like you said already, you know, because of COVID, yeah, it has been so. There were just so many issues, and I just felt like she didn't get the extra little bits. If you know what I mean, yeah. like she, she, I feel like there was just so many things that were going to happen that I, didn't. Happen I also think if we did get a like a ten episode series for series thirteen, there's probably room in there for. Joe Martin to have a full episode. Oh my god! Like oh just god. give her, Sorry. just you give her an episode. Me. Before you, before you say Joe Martin, you have to warn me because. <laughs> I just, uh, Damla, oh I am about to say the words Joe Martin. But then, how do I, how do I warn you about the warning? Because I'm saying the words in the warning. <laughs> I just need a minute. I just love her so much. Bring her back. Also, character options. As we're here, character op- options. You know what you need to do. Yeah. Everyone just, knows what they need to do, and it's bring us Joe Martin. In any form, and every form, because I fucking love her. <laughs> so that sort of finishes my my notes on part one with regards to episodes that nearly happened. There are loads yeah. more. Like, there is a whole, wik- there's an actual Wikipedia page that is very, very long, that is dedicated solely to episodes of Doctor Who that nearly existed. It's it's mental. And there's also loads of episodes of Sarah Jane Adventures and Torchwood on there yeah. that nearly got made. So mm-hmm. I urge everyone to have a look because it's really it's a fun experiment. I mean Big Finish have even made some of the classic Doctor ones. Like they've they've adapted yeah. and, and created for the Lost Stories range. Because there's there's like a whole series of Colin Baker stuff that that didn't get made. Oh my god! Um, and they they basically almost finished that entire series now because, yeah, it's just just unfinished scripts and stuff that that got left lying around. There's loads of it. There's loads of it. Sidebar: um, If you want to listen to Josh interviewing Colin Baker, there's a link in the description. Ah, oh. the notes, show notes. Thank you. Yeah, this man has spoken to doctors. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like it's actually iconic. Yeah, um, and I didn't have to like wait outside their houses or anything. Like it was a, <laughs> yeah. it was an official gig. Like I wasn't just stalking yeah. them or anything. You know, um, <laughs> or you know, pay me like like me paying ninety pound to meet David Tennant. Oh, don't worry. Hell. I've I've all of the do- like out of the doctors that I interview, I've I've paid money to meet Peter and Colin before, and then I was like, yeah. Oh, I just had to start a podcast, and now I don't have to pay to me. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, you know, it was a, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was an insane experience, and I can only hope that I get to do something similar again in the future. Oh yes, I mean, I do. Yes, please. That was live at, at MCM Comic Con. I'll, uh, if you don't mind me plugging this now, if anyone's going to MCM London this year. Uh, me and a few friends, so Jack at Nerd Den, they're all called Jack. So Jack at Nerd Den, Jack at an awful <laughs> running, an awful lot, her, Jack at an awful lot of running podcasts, and Jack yeah. from the community show, and me, the yeah. one who's not called Jack, 
are doing a live panel at MTM this year oh called God. 60 Years in the TARDIS, a Doctor Who <gasps> community extravaganza. So it's like a big celebration of the Doctor Who community for the 60th anniversary. Oh, wow. We're all going to be doing a little bit of each of our things. <laughs> uh, and there's going to be it. a lot of audience participation. Uh, so if you're there... It's included in the price of your ticket, so you don't have to pay extra. Yeah, go along. But it's going to be sometime on the Sunday. I don't know the exact time, but if you are going to MCM Comic Con, come and join us, please. It would be lovely to, Do to see you. Link in the show notes, guys, for all of these things that we're mentioning, by the way. Um, go along, come on. Or come along. Come along, podcast listeners. And yes, we know, and yes, okay. Look, listen. I, I know. Right. Here's the thing. Because at one point we're going to talk about audience contribution here because you put out a lovely tweet and we got some responses. Someone yet again mentioned "Come Along Pond," Pondcast. Come along. I know. Podcast. Okay. Someone on Pondcast. Whatever. I know. I'm sorry. It was right there, I'm guys. Just, it was right there. It was right there, and Elliot told me to do it, and I was like, "No, I want Come Along Pond podcast. It's searchable. It's it it it's happening. It's happening." But no, since then we've just been laughed at. We've been laughed out of the room. <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean, we'll we'll dip in. I didn't get many responses, to be honest. Um, You're all shit. What are you doing? Yeah, I know. Bloody people. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. See what I got. Um. I mean, a, cu- a couple have been mentioned, to be honest. Uh, someone mentioned the Stephen yeah, Fry yeah. episode that didn't get made. Someone mentioned the Nightmare Fair, which was one of the Colin Baker episodes that didn't get made. And yeah. uh, Yellow Fever and How to Cure It, which I don't know about. Uh, and I have done no research. So if you want to look up that, look it up yourselves, guys. Enjoy. Um, yeah, come on, do some work. <laughs> yeah, and... Another one ha- that has been mentioned, I'll be getting to in a little while, so we'll we'll discuss uh-huh. that in a minute. But my my next sort of bunch of facts more revolves around in the universe changes. Obviously, these have all been influenced by behind the scenes things. That's the reason why they didn't happen. But they're things that would have very much changed the course of an episode or a series or the whole show themselves. If they'd have happened, yeah. So, yeah, a wonderful writer, my favorite Doctor Who writer of all time, Robert Shearman. Uh, oh, icon. He had to write a second version of the script for Dalek. Mm. Damn it! Do you know why? Do you have any guesses as to why uh, our Lord and Savior Robert Shearman would have to write a second version of the script for Dalek? Was it to do with the fact that they couldn't get the Dalek or something? Or like there was something to do with it's the, something uh, like that? It's that it's one of the Doctor's longest running and most mortal of enemies. Rights issues. Yeah, what the heck? Woohoo. Um yeah, basically, I think that I think the way the story goes, again, a lot of this is just conjecture and a lot of this is just rumours um that I am just propping up by saying Again, trust me, bro. What, how I believe the story to go is that there was sort of an assumption that, well, yeah, we're bringing back Doctor Who, so obviously we're going to have the Daleks. And, yeah, you know, obviously the BBC has the rights to use the Daleks in, in Doctor Who, uh, which they don't. Yeah. 
So, you know, the, the rights are owned by the Terry Nation estate, who Terry Nation, of course, created the Daleks for Doctor Who. And there was no guarantee that they were going to sign on and obtain the rights to the Daleks. So they had to create an alternate version. And I assume alongside this, an alternate version of the whole of Russell's plan for the for the next four series. Because if you can't get the Daleks for Dalek, and yeah. that means you can't get them for part of Bad Wolf, Partner of the Ways, which means... yeah. Yeah. Your entire story about the time war is changing. And the exactly, time war yeah. was not between the Time Lords and the Daleks. And it would have actually been between a race called the Toclophane. Oh my god. So they actually reused what? the idea of the Toclophane later on. Obviously in the series yeah, yeah, yeah. three finale with the little bull Amazing finale. Little bulls. And I think the idea was sort of the same where it was humans, you know, that had sort of being sent back to a place and turned into the Toclophane. Um Oh my god. But yeah, that that was sort of the the idea. So originally there was a, another version of Dalek where it was a Toclophane and I think they were basically My god. I think the pitch for them was childlike killing machines. And yeah. So I I think there's basically a wow. whole alternate version of the Russell T Davies era. Where, wow, Dalek, Bad Wolf, Part of the Ways, the series two finale, the series four finale, Jesus Christ, all of it is with the Toclophane instead of the Daleks, and the Toclophane, oh my God, basically would have become the big bad of Doctor Who. Oh God, do you know what? I'm so glad. I'm so glad. That it was all resolved, and you know, same. I mean, it happened. I actually, I mean, I am, but to an extent, I do think the idea of the toclophane was a little bit underused, and I think them just being sort of a a side hustle for the master. I think, I think they've got enough about them, and I think if you develop the idea of them being childlike killing machines, and you develop the idea of them being humans that have been turned into whatever these are. You are bouldering slightly on the Cyberman element there, but I, yes, yes, I think, yes, yes. I think there's there's a lot of potential there, and I think it could have they could have been like one of the the big new Who monsters if if you'd given them the treatment that the Daleks got. But then we wouldn't have had the Dalek story, so it, it's a tough one for me. I wouldn't want them to replace the Daleks, but I would have liked them to have been big bads. You know what? It's interesting. It's interesting because the thing about them that I love in, you know, the, with the whole connection with Utopia, Last of the Time, Lost Sound of Drums, the whole finale is like the fact that they can only exist in that time because of the paradox machine the Master created, right? Because obviously they're people from the future killing their ancestors if you will i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. And I think that was the main thing about it that I was like, wow, that's cool. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I agree with you. There should have been way more of a focus on that because that's fucking insane. Like our our future human beings are killing us in the past, but they then they don't cancel themselves out because obviously the paradox machine. Like that should have been way more of a thing. But yeah, oh, oh, wow. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I think Elliot actually had mentioned on the podcast about, you know, the whole Terry Nation debacle with the Daleks, but I didn't know the rest of it. Oh my God. So yeah, apparently there was a there was a whole nother version of, of Dalek that was made. Um, well, it wasn't made. That's the whole point. That's why I just yeah, told you it. Yeah. So, you know. um, <laughs> I think though, I will say, I'm going to be controversial. I'm going to say not. Okay. I'm going to say not. Even though I love the Toclophane, it has no place here for me, mm -hmm. personally. I don't think it's that controversial, though. I, th I think if you no. if you go to a Doctor Who fan and say, I don't think it's a, a hot take to say, I wouldn't erase the Daleks from the history of Doctor Who. <laughs> I, just, I just think the Toclophane would be... I, I think the Toclophane deserved better, but the Daleks deserved what they got. They do. So, yeah. Agreed, agreed. The next one. Mm. Breaking news. Russell T. Davies oh killed the Queen. <laughs> um, there's your headline. Uh, to expand even more. Oh my god. No, not, re not really. Don't worry. Uh, In Tooth and Claw, which is basically one of, uh, in my opinion, one of the pivotal turning points in all of Doctor Who, all the shit goes down from there on in because the Doctor and Rose make that stupid little bet. Everything happens because of that bet. And yep. they fucked up. They did. But at one point, Russell T. Davies contemplated surprising viewers by having the werewolf kill Queen Victoria. <laughs> oh my god. Imagine. It's... It's... It's actually kind of piping hot for me, not going to lie. I mean, I think this is only going to make it hotter. This this would then be the event that would have caused the creation of the parallel universe to which <gasps> the doc to which the TARDIS would be drawn to for the season finale. So basically, oh that, my god, right. That would have created Pete's world. 
Oh, fuck me. Right. So they were. Oh, wow. It would have like branched off, been its own separate universe. And we would live in the universe where Queen Victoria didn't get killed by a werewolf. And Pete's world would be the universe where Queen Victoria did get killed by a werewolf. But um, the reason that that was dropped was that Rusty Davies was concerned that it that the ongoing storyline would be really difficult for casual viewers to follow. So he dropped the idea. Right. And I think... It makes sense. That's probably the right decision. But also, I wish he just killed Queen Victoria. I just think it would have been hilarious. Yeah. Because the gammons it would, have, would been, have lost their minds. Honestly, it would it would have been a moment, and it would have really said, "You're you, are you a monarchist? Well, there's no place for you here. Go away." <laughs> yeah, I mean, R- Russell Russell was a bit of a a bit of a, a, a fan of the the whole kings and queens stuff in the in the early run. There's quite yeah. a bit of it, isn't there? Um, yeah, there is. I mean, is. we'll we'll come back to this one in a little while because okay. There is another attempt at <gasps> monarchy murder by Russell T. Davies in a later story. Oh, this speaks volumes. Which you, which speaks volumes. you may be able to predict what I mean, but we'll we'll get to that later because um, my brain needs to go in chronological order. So there you go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, hot. I'm going hot. I'm going hot, hot. Oh my god. Speaking of parallel universes. Something that there's a lot of big changes in series two in this. There's a lot of big series two ones, and this is another big one. Age of Steel, so Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel, the Cyberman two parter. In the original ending, the link between the TARDIS and the other universe was just sufficient enough to allow the Doctor to take his universe's Jackie there to be united with the other Pete while Rose carries on travelling with the Doctor. So basically, the original ending to The Age of Steel was not just Mickey's leaving and staying in the other universe. It was the Doctor's going to nip back, go and get Jackie, bring her back, and Jackie's going to live with Pete, and then Rose is going to get trapped off in another universe and never see Jackie again. Oh. Which is really sad. Absolutely not. Hate it. No. Too sad. Same. Too sad. And Too sad. also, it limits your opportunity for Jackie Tyler content. And I can never get on board Exactly. With and we don't want that. No. Come on. Uh, Russell agreed with us. Russell said, subsequently, he felt that this was too depressing a choice to confront Rose with at this stage of the season. So, uh, especially given that the alternative world, world would be... Oh, so the plan was to still go back in the finale. But Jackie would come back right, in the finale through okay. that. So, but it would just be right. Rose deciding. So a, a lot of that was sort of carried over to the to the finale, wasn't it? Because you get the whole thing of Rose saying goodbye, yeah. but then the Doctor yeah. sends her anyway. Yeah, I mean, I it's a not from me. I'm glad that they didn't put that in. Same. Yeah. Fucking same. I mean, no. Come on, listen, listen, listen. It's- it's already bloody depressing enough. It's had enough already. So we we really don't be need we don't need that. We don't need that. Ain't nobody got no, time no. for that. Absolutely not. Another series too. Uh, like I said, lots of changes. The Impossible Planet and Satan Pit. Great two parter. Great, great two parter. Oh my god! I mean, yeah, fucking, it's fucking incredible. One thing that I did read was that the Slovene were originally in it. Um, <laughs> what? I think they were basically, they were basically 
Um, well, it, it wasn't the Slitheen. It was a it was another Raxcurricophalopatorian family. Yeah. Um, and they basically would have been sort of the Ood, uh, where they would have been like an enslaved family that had been oh, okay. enslaved by the creature in the pit. So uh-huh. glad they didn't do that because huh. then we wouldn't have got the Ood. Yeah. And I love the Ood. I mean, here's the thing. There's no secret. I I love the Slitheen. Of the Raxacorvabatorians. Love him. Love him. In this scenario, not so much. No. Like I said, if you're if you're giving me more Slidine or Raxacorvabatorian content, I'm in. But if you're doing that at the expense of Ood content, I'm out. Not happening. I love, yeah, I'm I out. I love my Oody Sorry. Boys. The main point that I wanted to get to about this episode yeah. was that... Uh, Rusty Davies said that they'd considered dozens of options for what would be in the pit. So it wasn't always going to be Satan. <gasps> oh, shit. Okay. And, I mean, I've I've got two other options. But bearing in mind that there were dozens, God knows what other options there were. But apparent, one was the master. Oh, fucking hell. So right. apparently it was just going to be the master was just going to be at the bottom of the pit. Okay. Another was Davros. Oh, Hmm. Hmm. It's not for me. <sighs> right. Okay. Here's the thing. They make sense, right? They make sense. But I love me some religious commentary. I'm sorry. I love getting the girlies in uproar. It's great. I'm it. You know, yeah. it's, it, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's just it, no, no. It's a no for me as well. Yeah, same, same. Big no, big no, yeah. no. Um, leave big fat no. Leave that as it is because it's a great two parter. The, the last one sort of leads more into series three, um, but obviously, oh, Freema Adjaman, her first role in Doctor Who obviously wasn't Martha. It was it was Adiola uh, in yeah. the in Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, where she meets uh, an untimely demise. So Russell actually has said that had he seen Freema Adjaman's performance as Adiola sooner than he actually did, he would have rewritten the story so that she survived and Adiola would have become the Doctor's new companion. Interesting. Basically, we wouldn't have had Martha Jones. We would have had Freema, but she would have been playing Martha's cousin, Adiola. So would it have been like... um? At the end of Doomsday, she, it kind of just goes straight into like, oh, who's this? What's going on? Or would it have been like, oh, she would have been come back and it would have been Adiola? I think it would have been when, because I think Voyage of the Day, uh, not Voyage, R- Runaway Bride still would have happened. So I think this is definitely a case of picking up a, after the fact and Adiola comes back. But maybe he would have rewritten it to maybe give her a bit more of an introduction and maybe give her a bit more of a character so that and and leave the door open for her to come back but yeah he basically said he would have saved her mm. but unfortunately by the time he visited the set to see her he saw her performance but she'd already filmed her death scenes he was like oh well you you're dead now but yeah the compromise was he brought her back to play Martha Jones and obviously in in the show he wrote that they were identical cousins, which is hilarious. I yeah. mean, he just did not yeah. give, he did not give a shit about biology. He just went, 
Yeah, they're just cousins that yeah. look identical because that ha- that is a thing that happens with human beings. Yeah. Oh, uh, what are you what are you saying for this one? I'm curious. Um. Hmm. I love Martha. If if Adiola was going to get a lot of the Martha storylines, and it was going to yeah. be a lot of the jealousy, then it would have been yeah. weird to have had her there to see how much it affected the Doctor and maybe and probably meet Rose as well. And then for her yeah. to spend Ooh. all of the next series being quite bitter about it would have been a bit weird. Yeah. But, I mean, hmm. Martha's got issues, not in terms of the character, in the more in the way that she was served. She, Martha deserved better. Yes. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get into series three soon, so I don't think it would have made a massive impact, other than yeah, her name would have been different. I imagine that the stories probably would have just gone a similar way, and Adiola would have just been written to be Martha Jones with a new name. They might have just referenced the fact that she, and also actually, I think it takes away a bit of the impact of her being a new companion. If she's worked for Torchwood, yeah. she knows about aliens. She knows they exist. Yeah, exactly. She's already been through yeah. it. I'm not. Yeah, it's a not. That sealed it for me. I actually, I think you need. Those. You've just convinced yourself. I've just convinced myself. Yeah, I've talked myself into a not. Hundred percent. Martha Jones supremacy all the way. I mean, I feel like I've definitely mentioned before. Martha's ba- is my favorite companion. She's basically my favorite companion. She's like at least in the top two. I, I just love that girl. I, I, that's my girl. Mm-hmm. That's that's my babes. That's my girl. Do you know what I mean? So the main reason I'm going to say no is this: I love that it's become an unintentional thing now because obviously they've cut recast a lot of people in the show. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter Capaldi, Karen Gillan, Freema. You know, um, I can't remember any more off the top of my head. I apologize, but I love the fact that it's kind of like a almost like a running thing. Yeah. And it just adds to that, I, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm the same. I like the fact that we just have people who look identical to other people. Like, Colin Baker was Commander Maxill, like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, five stories before he showed up as the Doctor. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just walking around, oh, Colin. playing another Time Lord, and just it's being a bit of a bitch. And I love the fact that you just get actors pop up who then end up turning into the doctor or a companion or something like that. Like yeah. I love watching Fires of Pompeii just to see oh, the fact that we've got we've got the tenth doctor and Donna and then also Amy Pond and the twelfth doctor is just so weird. But I'm all here it's for it. So good. Yeah that but that that's the main reason why as well. But also the thing you said about like it just takes away that element of like, because she would have known about aliens and yeah, all of that, and I just think it, it would completely take away from why Martha is so great. Because, but also another thing, Martha did deserve better. But I'm going to save my thoughts on that for when we talk about it. You two are going to be doing series three soon, aren't you? So, I, I think we are. Yeah, we are. Hold, hold back, hold back. You got a lot, yeah. got a lot to say. And other than that, that's pretty much it for series three. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't really find much else. Then you get to Voyage of the Damned. Oh my god! <laughs> you may have heard earlier that I mentioned there would be another case of Russell T Davies tries to kill the Queen. Yes. 
in the first draft of Voyage of the Damned, Buckingham Palace was destroyed by the Titanic. <laughs> oh my god. So the doctor stops the ship from crashing into the from crashing and it like blowing up the world and it being like a nuclear bomb. But it smashes through the palace first. So you know when he like pulls back up? Yes. It put it's already gone through the palace in the first draft. Oh my god. And then he pulls up. Oh my god. And in in this version Instead of wishing, <laughs> this is hilarious. This is honestly mental. In this version, instead yeah. of wishing the Doctor a happy Christmas, the Queen would be heard to be cursing the Doctor. Uh, in in this same early draft, also featured a hoped for cameo by Prince Charles. Oh my god! So they wanted what? Prince. They wanted Prince Charles to have a cameo. Now King Charles. Now King Charles, of course. And yeah. they also wanted to blow his house up. And then his mum was and then his mum was just like, Fuck you, Doctor. And <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. Wild um, one that, isn't it? You know I what? I mean, if it's blowing up Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. Hot. Oh, I'm yeah. here for it. I'm here. It's... A Prince Charles cameo? Not. Yeah, I think, yeah, no, I was literally, literally took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, very, 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 very hot idea. Prince Charles slash King Charles now. Yeah. Just stay away from what I love. Just stay away. Stay yeah. away. Don't. Um, basically, Davies decided to spare the palace as he felt that it was too negative an ending for a holiday special. You need to read the room because that is the best ending to a Christmas special ever, Russell T. Davies. And yeah. yeah, Russell. He also said that the sequence would have been one of the things that caused the episode to go over budget. <laughs> so Right, okay. I can okay. imagine. But they, they basically recycled the idea for Turn Left. So they brought it back a year later and yes. actually blew up the Queen. And it was the best one of the best episodes of Who ever made. So Very there true. you go. Very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously that leads us into series four and turn left uh-huh. obviously revolves all around Don and Noble. And this is quite a commonly known one. And very thankfully, we now have a very comprehensive video on it. So I'm not going to go into too much detail on this because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sort of, I mean, don't turn this off, but watch it after. <laughs> um, but uh, the wonderful Josh Snares. Yes. Who again appeared on my podcast earlier this year? Uh, who knew a Doctor Who podcast? You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And YouTube. as if you got to speak to Josh Snares, the icon Josh Snares. Yeah, they, love them. They are amazing, and uh, they've done a video earlier this year about the original idea for the companion for series four, who was Penny Carter. Yes. Oh my God. No, I I know about this. I actually know about this. Yeah. So you you may recognise the name because the in Partners in Crime, the yep. journalist that gets tied to a chair like three times is called yep. Petty Carter, and that was originally going to be the well the name they just recycled the name basically it wasn't that character exactly or that actor, but yeah Petty Carter was going to be the companion I think. Sort of a similar character type to Donna Noble, which is why she was eventually scrapped. Because I think Russell 
from what I gather, Russell was sort of going around in his head. Penny was was the companion, and then eventually he was like, "This character already exists, and it's Don and Noble." Um, but yeah, I think Pe- Penny um, sort of like caught her boyfriend cheating on her or something that night, and then sort of got whisked away by the doctor. Um, and mm, no, I don't. Well, I don't. I don't know if there was going to be a romance thing to it. I'm. I'm obviously. I think that's the best thing about series four is that they go more down the of course best mates route yeah. with with the Doctor and Donna. And yeah, I'm glad they stopped with Donna. Yes, agreed. I have a fun fact, Josh. I don't know if you know this. You probably do. It's actually not that much of a fun fact. It's 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 it's, it's more of a just a fact. <laughs> they bring back Penny Carter in Redacted, the podcast series. They do. Yeah. Oh my god! And again, made by the wonderful Ella Watts, who I've also interviewed on my podcast, yes. Who Knew a Doctor Who podcast. So go and listen to that. Um, not now. Bring keep Ella it, back. Keep <laughs> this. Yes, bring Ella back. Hashtag bring Ella back because you know no genuine Um But yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot that Penny comes back, and also doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't the Doctor from Smith and Jones? Not the Doctor. Yep. You know the the little the the, the weedy Doctor man. He comes yeah, back as well, and, doesn't he? And is it um from Blink? Is it Larry? Larry? Larry, yeah. Is it like it's Larry, isn't it? Yeah. It's Larry, yeah. I think it is. I mean if it if it isn't, we've we've said it with enough confidence to convince everybody. So sad times. That was actually another one that I, I read. Um I I didn't put it on the list, but now we bring it up. Um in one of the original drafts of Blink at the end. Sally was going to be pregnant with Larry's baby. Oh, absolutely not. Nope. No. Nope. No, you don't you. want a little sparrow running about? Absolutely not. No. She is... She hates kids. That's a headcanon. Sally hates kids. <laughs> That's one of the most she specific niche headcanons I've ever heard. Sally Sparrow hates kids. Yeah, Sally Sparrow hates kids. Sally Sparrow hates kids. But, yeah, I mean, so that... In that the the Donna Noble that we all know and love turned from a, a one off companion to the murderer of Penny Carter, uh, not really. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and speaking of of Donna's death, there were multiple ideas around Donna's death. Well, Donna's departure, one of which was a death. So um, yeah, b- before he settled on the on the meta crisis idea, um, he considered. Severe physical injury for Donna. Oh, he, God. Uh, Russell considered death. So he was going to kill her off. Jesus. He also considered killing off Sylvia, which would be the reason that Donna left. Oh, my God. He also... What? Now, this, this is mental. This, I uh-huh. have never heard of this before in my life. I have no idea Bye. how true this is. There, is, there was also... A departure where Donna would be lost in time <gasps> and it would be used as a setup for a sequel episode right. in the 2009 specials where the Doctor right. found Donna as an old woman on an alien planet. <gasps> and that was sort no, of like Donna's like final it. appearance. And she'd basically grown old on a on an alien planet. Because he lost her. I hate it so much. I absolutely hate it. Same. I, I'm, I'm glad I they don't didn't do it. need any more pain. No. I don't need any more. No. 
Imagine, oh, the, imagine God. the sadness. Imagine the sadness. Oh God, no! Oh no, no. You're no. right, but you'll be glad to know that is the sadness yeah. of the Russell T Davies era over. Russell, thank God for that. I think if there's anything that we've learned today, Russell mm-hmm. is a madman because some of these ideas. I mean, he's he's also very good at cutting out strange ideas, which is good because there's some mad shit in here that nearly absolute ha- bonkers nonsense. That probably got there's some stuff that should have happened that I loved. Yeah, but there is definitely some stuff in here. That got way too close to happening that should never have happened. Yeah, agreed. We, agreed. We should never, ever have been talking about a JK Rowling episode of Doctor. Oh my god. <laughs> I just I can you I mean the reference is already like when you rewatch Shakespeare the Make Shakespeare Code, you're like, mm, oh, yeah, well I mean look, look you know, that's at least it's paired up nicely with the the person who wrote Shakespeare Code, you know. Or not nicely, yeah. as it were. Um, yeah. But and their lovely views. Um, but yeah. Well, anyway, like I said, there's there's more problematic people to come later in the show. So look oh forward to that. Oh my god. Um, Jeez. So yeah, Christ. I mean, oh, so I, I'm assuming for Donna's deaths, it was not not all across the board for all of those ideas. Yeah. Yeah absolutely just chuck it into a black hole because I don't want to see it and I don't want to think about it anymore. But now there's a problem because... Oh, God, okay. Well, if Donna's coming back... Yeah. Does that mean he might be recycling some of these ideas? No. No, Russell, no. Is Donna going to die? Is Sylvia going to die? Oh, God. Oh, God. I can't handle this. I can't... Maybe that's what the 60th anniversary is. Maybe... Donna gets lost in time. And, oh my god! And that's what the whole 60th anniversary three-parter is. Oh, my head hurts thinking about it. Yeah, should we stop? Yeah, let's stop because that's just too much. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. Oh, I can hear Twitter already. So the Moffat era. We've got a few from the Moffat era now. Again, I don't have much from the. I don't really have anything from the Chibnall era because I don't think anything's really come out yet. <laughs> so. It's secretive. It was very yeah, secretive. Yeah, and we're quite close to the end of it. So maybe in a few years' time, we'll have a few more tidbits. I know there was a couple of things yeah. from that, that interview that, that Chris did, Chris Chibnall did with uh, Radio Free. Me just calling him Chris, like we're on first name terms. Chris. Yeah, old, 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 old Chrissy boy. Um, oh, yeah, I know, he did, I know he did an interview with Radio Free Scarrow, and I've, I've listened to bits of it. I think the only thing that I got from that was... That I remember was sort of the stuff about series thirteen being longer, and that K nine was going to be in it. Oh, but but they couldn't. Oh man! Again, that age old enemy of Doctor Who rights issues. We they couldn't they yeah. couldn't sort the rights oh, for K nine, which is sad. Uh, but yeah, thirteen and K nine would have been iconic, absolutely iconic. Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. The Moffat era. I mean, right at the very beginning of the Moffat era, as has sort of become precedent uh, when the ch- when the showrunner changes. An offer was made to David Tennant by the new production team yep. stating that if he wanted to do one more series, they'd be happy to have him. I heard this. And he actually considered it, apparently. So I, I believe yeah. that 
there was sort of conversations had during a set visit when he came to set for series four, when they did the library episodes and they sort of, I think he teased him about his plans had obviously Tennant declined it because he wanted to move on. And yeah, he also apparently stated that he wanted to watch the series again as a fan and he want, he was excited for Moffat's stories and he wanted to just watch it as a fan and wanted to enjoy it that way, which is really nice. And I like that. Very nice. Um, yeah. But had Tennant stayed for that series, the 11th hour would have started with Amelia Pond meeting an injured 10th Doctor, only for Amy to meet him years later unscathed. So the season finale would have revealed a timey-wimey twist uh, that showed that uh, Amelia had met 10 at the end of his life on the brink of regeneration. So basically, that, <gasps> that first scene... Those first scenes, instead of having a newly regenerated 11th Doctor, you'd have had a dying 10th Doctor. And then an earlier version of the 10th Doctor would meet a later version of Amy Pond, which is really interesting. I like that. I I knew about this one, except that unique twist. I didn't know about that. Right. mm, mm. So I was one of those people back in the day on Tumblr, yeah? Back in the day back in the day and i was always retweeting retweeting what am i saying re re reblogging reblogging um posts of like au alternate universe head cannons of amy pond and the 10th doctor i've always thought that that combination of doctor and companion would have been it's a good combo isn't so it? so interesting it's a good such combo. a good combo um and i think also i mean i genuinely do think because obviously it tends to be, except for Donna, a lot of, you know, 10th Doctor's companions tend to fancy him. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. with what, what happened with Amy Pond, it would probably would have fit quite well with that whole dynamic. And it would have been very yeah. I think, interesting. I think the 10th Doctor and Rory is an interesting one as well. I think that would have been a oh, fun yeah. dynamic. And I think you, you could have definitely slotted in that sort of the the male jealousy sort of yeah macho man versus man that you get with the 11th doctor and rory even though they're both yeah like weedy little nerds um yeah <laughs> yeah like i uh i think you can definitely slot that in with the 10th doctor i quite i quite like that idea i, I think it does work i mean for me i think even it's though, hot i think it's hot i mean i like i wouldn't want it in place of series five because i love series five if we could have it as like an alternate version and just have it there as this is what we could have won. I'd, I'd take it. I like it. I think it's hot. I really love it. I really love it. Actually, I mentioned it in the last episode um, in one of the emails that uh, I got sent. Someone mentioned it, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I've been. I've, we've been new about this, and you know what? We were robbed. We were robbed. So it's hot." Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I mean, the the casting of Matt Smith is is a funny one anyway because. The whole casting side of things. Moffat originally wanted something completely different to what we got. He originally considered the 11th Doctor to be played by a middle-aged actor. And one of the actors that he was hoping to get was Peter Capaldi. Interesting. Basically, the the character of the 11th Doctor would have been pretty similar. But in his own words, he said he wanted wow. someone young enough to run around, but old enough to look wise. So he, that I think he was very, very much... 
in the mindset of I want a 40, 40, 50 year old man or woman. I think he, I think he wow. had considered a woman as well, but he wanted an older actor to play the doctor. And I think, right. You know, I think we know that Patterson Joseph auditioned and didn't get the role. Um, who obviously would have oh, been. Oh, really? Probably, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Patterson Joseph auditioned around that time. Who's obviously Roderick from uh, Bad Wolf Part of the Ways. Of course, his most famous role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, not. But yeah, apparently he was actually a bit annoyed when the casting director brought him a list of really young names. <laughs> um, and right. he was a bit annoyed at the prospect of auditioning actors like Matt Smith when they were not what he wanted. But then he saw Matt Smith's audition and was impressed by his ability to act that old when he was so young. So it sort of convinced him. And I think he was interested in the the idea of having a a, a very ancient godlike figure in a, in a little baby's body. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I love, I love 11. I love Matt Smith. Um, it's it's a genius bit of casting. It always will be a genius bit of casting. One of my favourite doctors of all time. So, you know, and even though I think the whole Amy Pond and Tenth Doctor thing would have been incredible, like you say, if it was like an alternate thing, it's like, oh, look, here's a taster of what could have been. You know? So, I mean, there is a world where we could have got Amy Pond and David Tennant. Yeah. David Tennant's Twelfth Doctor. And we could have had Amy Pond... And Peter Capaldi's eleventh Doctor, because if he was considering Peter Capaldi, we could have had the same series. But you know, it's Peter Capaldi in Fish Fingers and Custard, and which just feels weird. It just feels wrong, doesn't it's, it? It's not right. It's not right. It's really. It's weird. not right. It's really, really no, weird. No, no. And obviously, Peter, Peter Capaldi was nearly the eighth Doctor as well. He was. He. He. Well. Yeah. He wasn't nearly. He declined to audition because he was worried that he'd ruin it, which is adorable. Um, oh, bless him. But what what we're gonna what we're gonna turn our, our attention to now is the fiftieth, which, from my research, was a hot mess, a hot mess. Yeah, it production was. wise, production wise. Yes. Um. So I've yes. I've got this little this little snippet from an interview, a couple of snippets. So originally, with regards to the name of the Doctor, so obviously the episode before the fiftieth, the series seven finale, Moffat said in an interview. The name of the Doctor, the original version, ends with Matt's Doctor walking into his time stream after he's kissed River. And I didn't know what was going to come after that. But I knew that it would leap us, not me, this is me talking from Moffat's perspective. Um, But he knew that it would leap us into the 50th. He said, even though I didn't know what the 50th was going to be, at one point, I thought Matt's doctor was going to step into his time stream and wake up as Christopher Eccleston. Oh my god! The moment, the moment who wasn't played by Billy Piper at this point was just yeah. The idea of the moment would say yeah would say to the doctor. So what do you think? And he'd say, "What do you mean? What do I think about what?" And she'd say, "That's what would happen." So the concept oh my God. would have been that everything that happened between the Doctor about to press the button in the Time War up to the name of the Doctor yeah. 
would have i mean he did he did clarify that it would have been reversed so that all of these things did actually happen but in it would yeah. be implied that that was all a dream showed to the doctor by the moment before he pressed the button oh my god as an idea of what would happen if he did press the button and that would lead that would lead into the 50th and i think he mentioned that he'd had an idea of basically it would then be chris with the 10th doctor and the 11th doctor being sort of the uh, the ghosts of christmas past and present to come in and help him with the decision of of deciding to to do the time war thing wow so wild one that isn't it that is wild like the audacity to just be like yeah you know the last seven series of doctor who you've just watched it was all a dream for a bit the wigs are flying it's mental I'm- isn't it I'm in shock. I actually did not know any of this. I didn't. I knew, I knew that Chris was plat. He Stephen wanted to have the Ninth Doctor in the place of the War Doctor, essentially that character. And obviously, he went out with Stephen Moffat as like a courtesy kind of thing. Like you know, they went out for a meal or something. And he's like, "Look, I want you back in the fiftieth. What do you say?" And Chris was like, "No, um, no means no, um." Will I ever stop referencing that? No. Um, <laughs> like so I hope knew... the world turns around and shits on you. <laughs> Sorry. <That's a> niche, <laughs> niche little reference to Chris Freckleson's little walk in Hyde Park, if anyone's ever seen that. It's 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 a wonderful thing. Yeah, Go and really, seek it out. It really um, is. But, you know, I know all about that, and obviously Chris was like, no, thank you, bye. Um, so I know that, but I didn't know that. Yeah, and that it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. Oh, oh my God, what? <laughs> so, as I mentioned, the production of the 50th anniversary was chaos. And I, th- I think yes. th- this is quite a commonly known idea at this point. Um, probably yeah. more more known than the previous one. But it's a, yeah. it's a mental one all the same. At one point, mm. the only actor contractually obligated to appear in the 50th the only actor they had to contract to appear was jenna coleman jesus they had no guarantees that matt smith or any of the other doctors were going to be included and oh my god basically they were sort of having to prepare for the possibility that they might not get anyone back they might that matt not might not sign the contract, they might not get David. What? They were might not get Chris. So, do you did you not know about this? No. All oh, right. Okay. This is mental. Then. Right. You're gonna love this. Fucking hell. So, there was a version of the fiftieth that was thrown about. Yeah. That I mean, he said it, it only existed. This version of the fiftieth only existed for about a day or so. Um. Okay. Moffat said basically he was just a bit hysterical because it was all very stressful and he was doing the 50th and series seven and Sherlock all at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but this, this could, this was it for a moment. So there was a version of the 50th that had no existing doctors in and revolved around Clara. So after the doctor walked into his time stream in the name of the doctor, he would have deleted his own existence, leaving Clara 
to save the day. The companion would recognise him in stories and movies. Basically, she, she'd be sort of chasing down the Doctor and they would have various famous actors and guest stars in to play versions, like new versions of the Doctor, like parallel versions and manifestations of the Doctor that are like left over from him being erased. And this would enable her to regain her memory and bring the Doctor back. Just loads of random big name actors, probably like John Hurt, playing incarnations of the Doctor. Vile. N- not Sorry. I'm... Oh my God, I hate that. Yeah. I hate it. I actually hate it. Wow, I, I mean, I, I, I was expecting a backlash, but I, I wasn't expecting this much of a backlash. I mean, I think it's nah, like I think Stephen. If you're if you're in that position, it's probably the only idea that you could make work. I'll give it to Stephen because that's a very stressful situation. Like, if you couldn't get the literal main character, like the actors who played the who are like you know fundamentally what the show's about in the show. I mean, you've got to make it work somehow, and I guess. I guess it would have been fine, but oh my god, no! Just look, no. Well, like you said, no. it only existed um, for a day, and we're probably yeah, all the better yeah. for it. I'm definitely more on board with the idea of seven years of Doctor Who being a dream, which is weird because I'm I, I usually hate the it was all a dream trope, but the fact that he also yeah, same, added same. he added on that he was like, yeah, it wouldn't all be a dream. Like, obviously, all of that stuff would still happen. It's basically like a time travel trope where we're going back and the Doctor is given the foresight of the seven series of Doctor Who that happen. And all of that still yeah. does happen. And you, what you've seen happened. Oh, my God. But it's just... And it's all sort of reversed with some tiny stuff. But uh, I yeah. really like that idea, you know. I like that one. So hot to that one, not to the other. Yes, yes, precisely. So, yeah, I mean... But we're sort of like coming to sort of my my final my final little little tidbit, which yeah, you, you know, we we had the fiftieth in in Matt Smith's era where mm-hmm. there was all of this contractual chaos surrounding the Doctor, but Clara was the only yeah. constant. The minute we get into the Capaldi era, all of the chaos revolves around Clara. <laughs> so, oh God, basically. The the gist of it is, series eight and series nine were very very different and could have been very very different because Jenna Coleman kept changing her mind about leaving. <laughs> so really? yeah, I mean I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. I mean there yeah. was there were I mean another tiny tidbit. We nearly got an additional companion in the Mummy on the Orient Express. We meet Perkins, played by Frank Skinner. They actually filmed a scene for him to join the TARDIS in case they changed their mind and wanted him to become part of the TARDIS team. So, um, well, yeah, I'm not going to lie. For me, that's a that's a. I'm glad it didn't happen because I really hate that episode. Do you? <laughs> you be, do you I'm not? not I don't like series A. I don't like series A. I really don't. Unfortunately, well, series eight could have been very different. So Jenna Coleman was originally meant to leave at the end of series eight. So yeah. the original ending of Dark Water, Death in Heaven, where it's sort of bittersweet, where the, yes, the Doctor, yeah. they sort of lie to each other with the hug and they part ways. Yeah, That was meant to be the ending. Yeah. That was it. And Clara was okay. not going to be seen again. 
Then Jenna Coleman yeah. changed her mind and was like, no, I'm going to do a Christmas special, but then I'll leave after the Christmas special. So like, oh, yeah, I heard about that. All right, yeah. Okay, right. Well, we'll rewrite the Christmas special and we'll put you back in and then we'll give you a new ending, which is old woman Clara. Um, and the doctor sees you as an old woman and then you say bye and then that's it. And she was like, okay, yeah, and now I'm done. And then she changed her mind again. So <laughs> series nine was already being worked on and then she was like... Yeah, no, I want to, I want to do, I want to carry on doing Doctor Who now. So Shona, oh my god, the character from Last Christmas was, I believe, being considered yeah. to be a new companion. Oh, um, <gasps> I love Shona. I love Shona, but Shona was a companion. Never, she was, she was never to be, unfortunately. Oh, man. And also, apparently, Series Nine was going to be a companionless season at one point. So it was just going to be. Capaldi rocking around the Ooh. universe. Um, Missy popping up every now and again. But it's weird to think like Magician's Apprentice, which is familiar. Uh, how does that work without Clara? How does Under the Lake Before the Flood work yeah. without Clara? Like it, yeah. it's weird thinking that there is a version of this series without Clara when That's a lot to think she's about. She's very, very much baked into the series, and she's probably even as important as she is in series eight. Uh, but yeah, and then and then she she actually left. She decided to leave. Um, some say yeah. she she may still change her mind and come back at one point. <laughs> but, you know. Do you know what? I'm indecisive as well, so I relate. Indecisive queen, Jenna Coleman. And I still don't understand, to be honest, I mentioned on the podcast before, I still don't really understand Clara's ending anyway. Who knows? Yeah. I, I think the last one is definitely the worst. I think I actually like the second one. I like I like Last Christmas as an ending. I think it's a really nice little episode. I love Last Christmas. It's a really It's one of my good... favourite Christmas specials. Oh, same. You are you've got taste. You've got taste. Yes. Taste, taste the best. darling. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um I'm not gonna lie, that's about it from me. Um okay. so I hope they were all fun. I've I'm I've, my mind has genuinely been blown. It's been blown today. This is an honestly an insane rabbit hole to go down, and I would encourage anyone to dive down it because this is literally just scraping the surface of things that nearly happened in Doctor Who. Like, I mean, I didn't really get onto. Well, I mean, we didn't talk about Classic Who at all, and obviously there are twenty six series of Classic Who, so yeah. There, a lot. there is a lot of things that very nearly happened. Um, and then you've got the entire 90s, which is basically just a new Doctor Who project gets pitched every single week and gets and just falls under. So there is a hell of a lot of stuff that never happened through there. And there's loads more stuff that didn't happen from New Who as well. And I'm sure that we'll, we'll learn about more stuff as we go, but... Yeah, it's a yeah. it's an interesting rabbit hole. I think we could probably do about you could probably make an entire podcast like a regular podcast about just based, that. Yeah, just based on this whole idea. I mean, it's content with a capital C. Do you know what I mean? You bet. It's content with a K. Content with a capital K. It's right there. Someone do it. Come on, make the podcast. Make it happen. I'm nearly spent, but I do. <laughs> I do have one thing that I've prepared. Go on. 
I mean, I've prepared nothing because I'm awful. So that's all right. I'm I'm enjoying this. I love the fact that I've just come in and basically taken over Cobblong Pond. Like it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Apologies, I love everybody it. at home who was expecting an episode of Cobblong Pond, and you've just got an episode of Josh Carr rambles for an hour and a half. And if you don't like it. If you don't like it, get fucked. Get to fuck. Get to fuck. Come on, get out of here. Um, get out of here. I mean, it's almost. I'm almost carrying over a segment from my own show um, mm. that doesn't pop up all the time, but I am going to give it okay. the name. I'm going to say that this is a quiz Chibnall segment because yes, love I am. <laughs> I am about to quiz you. Damla. I love Quiz Chibnall, yes. On 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 this very topic. So I, I mean I may have mentioned it earlier. The quiz yeah. is called Who or False. So basically, this relates to alternate castings. Now, over the years, there is and I've made a list for a thing that I'm working on um, of every actor's name that I can find, and I'm still building this list, every actor's name that I can find that has at one point had a fairly concrete link to being cast as the Doctor. So we're not talking about the usual names that we hear that get chucked out by tabloid newspapers like Miranda Hart and Richard mm-hmm. Iowardi and Chris Marshall because they've never actually yeah. been linked, like te- like actually linked to the show. They've basically just been Bucky's favourites mm-hmm. because they're quirky. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I have a list of 10 names. Some of them are real names that actually have been linked to play the Doctor before. Some of them are okay. not. You have to tell me whether oh. they are who or false. Okay, okay. So okay. I'm going to give you the name. So basically, I'm ready. has this person, it's not based on rumour, it's has this person been linked or been offered or has auditioned or has any link to the possibility of playing the Doctor at all? Okay? Okay. So. Yes, yes. Ten, <gasps> 10 names. We'll see how you do out of 10. So I will I will keep okay. score. Your first name. Okay. I want to say false, you know. Going to go false? Yeah. You are correct. Terry Wogan Yay! has not been linked to the Doctor. Please bear in mind, the names on this list get progressively more wild. Okay, okay. I'm excited. Okay. The next name <laughs> is Bernard Cribbins. Oh. God rest his soul. We all love Bernard. Yeah, oh, my God. We love Bernard. Uh, obviously, the wonderful Wilfred Mott. Do you think Bernard Cribbins has ever been linked with the role of the Doctor? I'm going to say who for that one. Who? Who? You would be correct. Yeah. You're on a roll. Um, Ber- I am. Bernard it's because he was in the classic series, right? Well, he was in... He wasn't in the classic series... He was in the Peter Cushing films. Sorry, that's it. Not classic. Yeah, that's it. I got confused there. Yeah, that's it. are a weird little tangent in and of themselves. But he was actually considered to be the fourth Doctor. So we could have had Bernard Cribbins as the fourth Doctor rather than Tom Baker. Here's where we really descend into chaos. 
Who or false? Jim Carrey. Oh my God. False. It has to be false. Surely. You going false? Yeah. You would be incorrect. No fucking way. I I mentioned earlier there was a very strange period in the 90s. Every single, I think 90% of the humans on planet Earth were linked to play the Doctor and considered. Oh my but God. Jim Carrey is, is uh, from what I can read, again, trust me, bro, is my source, but from what I can read, mm-hmm. was actually a fairly strong one and was actually oh my God. sort of offered the role in one of the various Doctor Who projects. I don't know if it was for the actual TV movie that Paul McGann starred in, but it was one of the various projects. Um, he actually, I believe he turned it down because of the idea of a, a Canadian or you know someone who's not British playing the Doctor did not sit right with him. So um, I think he was aware of the, the convention of it being a very British role and rebelled against it. But he, he was going to be the eighth Doctor. So. But you got that one wrong, I'm afraid. Your next one. It's Sean Connery. Sean Connery? Yeah. Oh, Sean Connery. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to say who? I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to say who? You would be incorrect. Damn it. The next one. We're going to quite a regal, quite a regal person. It's Dame Judy Dench. Fucking hell. Right. Okay. Huh. I'm going to say who, because she's considered for everything. So why wouldn't why would you not consider her for the doctor, you know? And I consider you to be correct. Yay! Woo! Come on now. Can can do you want to guess what doctor? Oh, um 11th. No, 9th. 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 Russell wow. Russell wanted her. Russell considered her. The next name, Emma Thompson. Oh yes, I think that's oh, I think that's a who as well. I can see that. Now you see, the fact that you can see it is exactly the reason why I made it up. Oh my god, no! Because I can't believe she hasn't. Yeah, exactly. She should be. She's like my dream pick for the Doctor. So yeah, I'm afraid you got that one wrong. So you've got four left. The next name. Brian Cranston. Oh my god, can you imagine? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say false. I I can't see that. I can't see it in my head. And I just feel like because he's American, he wouldn't have been considered. Spot on. Yeah. If he could do a British accent, I'd be intrigued. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, I reckon Brian Cranston could. And I think his yeah. I think his British accent would be good because he's got a great voice. He's got a grand voice yeah. on him. The next one. <laughs> oh, these <gasps> these last three are nuts. Robbie Williams. Ever since I saw that video of him singing during his like while his wife was in labour, I've just hated him. <laughs> like, why do you do? Why are you it, like this, Robbie? It's a why? very funny video. <laughs> I'm gonna say false purely because I hate the idea. Literally, that's the only reason why I'm saying it. You've gone with your head over your heart there. Yeah. No, your heart over your head. You should have used your yeah, head. Yeah, the other, yeah, the other one. The Basically, other one. what I'm trying to say is you're wrong. Robbie Williams oh, has ew. been considered. So. <laughs> Disgusting. It's weird. Weird, that one, isn't it? 
Um, you've got two left. I think if you can get one of these and you finish on five out of ten, that's a good finish. Now, I promised you that we were going to start and end with problematic people. And I've got two for you. So, the first one, Bill Cosby. Mm, false. false. False? I'm afraid it's true. Damn it! Fuck! Yeah, it's true. It, 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 another, another one of those ones in the 90s. Like Jim Carrey, it was for a project that never got off the ground. And they... Uh, they considered Bill Cosby. So it, it all rides on this. If you want to get five out of ten, you've got to get this one right. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, okay. I want to, I want to end on a big finish. <laughs> oh, nice, <laughs> nice, nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, again, another problematic name for you. Michael Jackson. Oh, God. Um, Surely, surely it's false. Surely, again, he's not British. Remember. It can't be true. You're going off that logic, but remember, what about Jim Carrey? What about Bill Cosby? No, I know. The I 90s know. I know. was a wild time, and we had loads of people considered. You're just stating facts. Okay, I'm still going to go with false. I'm just going to say it. Fuck it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Do you know what I mean? It is what it is. We move. We groove. Oh, I don't think I could have hinted harder then. It, <laughs> it's true. Oh God! Wow. It was actually wow. one project in which the two people considered for it were Bill Cosby and Michael Jackson for an American remake. What a fucking insane, insane time! Wow. Yeah. So yeah, out out of those, you got four right. You got Brian Cranston was not Terry Rogan was not, but yeah, Dame Judi Dench, Bernard Cribbins, Michael Jackson, Bill Cosby. Robbie Williams and Jim Carrey have have all been considered for the Doctor at some point. Again, if, if you want to contest any of those, I mean, I learned some mad stuff. I mean, some other names that you can throw out there for this. Apparently, Jeff Goldblum. But yeah, that's that. That is sort of all from me. I mean, thank you for for allowing me to take over your show. <laughs> Just. Coming and taking over my gig. Yeah, I'm really. Doing, Josh. Yeah, I'm sorry, doing? guys, for for those of you who <laughs> anyone at home who was expecting a really uh, nice normal episode of the Come Along Pond podcast, and you've been greeted by this rambling northern man um, <laughs> ranting to no, you about no, no, no. things that do not exist and have never existed. No, don't, don't be silly. Don't be silly. No. Josh, thank you so much for coming on and just bringing bringing the vibes, bringing the info, and bringing the actual episode. Because let's face it, I just sat here and made comment. Um, <laughs> well, thank thank I you for having me things. on. Thank you for having me on because it has been really, 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 really fun. I've had the best time, mate. Honestly, like we want you back when Ellie is back as well. We need to all have an episode together. It's going to be. Fucking we can icon. do more of this, and I tell you what, and I'm we'll we'll do another quiz if you if if I ever come back on. Yes, please. And we can do you versus Elliot, and you can redeem yourself from that shocking display five minutes ago. <laughs> oh, it's pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Um. Anyway, thank you, Josh, for coming on. Honestly, I had the best time. Everyone, if you want to go and check out Josh. Link in the show notes to the Who New podcast and all the other stuff we've mentioned below. 
you know, it's been a pleasure. It really has, Josh. Thank you so much. Thank you. And yeah, if if you wanna if you wanna hear me interview wonderful people from the world of Doctor Who, yeah, you can you can find me at, at Who Knew, a Doctor Who podcast. And I'm I'm also doing a, a, a Doctor Who audio series, so follow me on my socials. Yes. Because I'm this getting I'm getting people involved. Uh, lots of people. There's nearly a hundred people so far and many more to come. So um yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be really, 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 really fun. But thank you. Thank you for having me on so much. And I love this podcast and everybody follow and share Aww. this podcast around because Damla and Elliot are boss. Oh, thank you. Oh stop. A lovely slice of joy. Oh, bless you. Oh, thank you. That's lovely. Thank you. From you, that means a lot. That's honestly. Do you know what? Oh, God. God. It's getting emotional, guys. It's getting <laughs> emotional. Um, but anyway, that that's 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 the end of the episode. And we give you air from our lungs. Yes. Oh, I forgot to get, I get, the, I get to say that. <laughs> yes. I give you air from my lungs, everybody. Oh, that was a moment for me. I forgot to do it with Hula La, so sorry guys, sorry to the both of you, but bye-bye now. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. In a bit. Bye. Bye guys. In a bit. In a bit. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.